if you don't wake up and you don't feel some anxiety or some fear or some concern or something that needs resolving, that needs addressing, that needs attention. Hey friends, welcome back to the Black Diamond Podcast. This is your host, Eric Malzone. And this is the show where I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing entrepreneurs, founders, change makers, and people who are just creatively leading the way through innovation. And it's not only about successes and and great stories, because you'll definitely get those, but it's also about the personal challenges and the vulnerability that we face along the way. So this show is brought to you by Level 5 Mentors, helping entrepreneurs and founders achieve the highest levels of freedom in five different categories, time, money, relationships, health, and purpose. And if you want to find out how you're doing in those five categories, we got you covered. We got a survey for that. Just go to level5mentors.com forward slash survey. And you can take the free entrepreneurial survey and see how you're doing in each category and see where you have room for improvement because, hey, we can always be improving. So welcome to the show. Let's get on to it. Jennifer Helene, welcome to the Black Diamond Podcast. Thank you. It's a delight to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. You have a very interesting journey. I'm excited to talk about that. You're doing some very important work in the world of movement and connecting the dots, I guess we can say, between movement, emotion, spirituality, all of the things, right? And uh, yeah, it should be a great conversation because I know as we were chatting right before recording for those who are in the entrepreneurship and business community. One of the things we tend to lack in and everybody will freely admit is our health and our movement and all of these amazing gifts that were bestowed upon us, but we tend to take for granted or just completely ignore. So I think a great place to start, Jennifer, would be your story. How'd you get to do the work that you're doing now? Thanks for for asking. And and it's so true, this life balance that we in entrepreneurs is always something that we have to have our pulse on. And I have to say that at a very young age, I they thought I had leukemia. And it's a strange thing uh, to be seven years old, just feeling comfortable in your body and be in oncology wards. It took them almost a year to find out it wasn't leukemia, thankfully, but that it was osteomyelitis, which is a rare bone infection, which normally would require amputation. Luckily, I could get intravenous antibiotics uh, for a year, and I was able to fend off that infection in my bone marrow, but it definitely shaped my perspective on what's important. And things that most of us take for granted if we're not ever you know, have, ha- having had a misfortune of, of, of illness, it could also be seen as a gift, but it put things in perspective for me that health is important <laughs> and yeah. living in a wheelchair is no fun. And that's just not the way I wanted to live my life. And I was had obesity issues and my mother was a compulsive eater. And so food was always kind of like this struggle, you know, a celebration on the one side. It could also be healing on another side and it could also cause extreme suffering and sadness and pain. And so these pieces were coming together for me in my world as I was growing up. And then I became a Ford model and I had some massive, you know, skin issues, which was preventing me from traveling abroad and, and doing my work. 
And it was really around then when I started to understand that Western medicine didn't have all the answers. And I got a master's and bachelor's in nutrition because that was where I found the most value for me in changing my skin. And then a few years later, I ended up moving uh, and running a fashion company uh, with my daughter's father, moved to uh, Switzerland, lived in Europe for 10 years, traveled all over the world as an international entrepreneur, but was always interested in theological concepts, the grammar and doctrine of yoga and exercise was always the common thread and food uh, that were that was you know keeping me you know, in my weight range and in my happy range. <laughs> and so it's been like 27 years of unpacking and unveiling the layers one at a time between food, but food in itself isn't enough. It's like, you can't, you can't just focus on food and get the results that I was seeking for performance, to be the best mom I could be, to be the best businesswoman I could be, to live and serve my purpose on this planet in this lifetime. And then exercise wasn't enough just to focus on exercise. I had to focus on the food and the fitness. And then what does fitness even mean? Right? We've, gone, we've all gone through different iterations of it. And I'd love to talk more about what that means to me today. And then the mindset, the mindset piece, the ontological piece, which some could say is spirituality, but I like mindset because it's really, you know, what catapults us to the next level, how we're seeing things, the lens we're looking through and, and all of that. And this magical formula that I see the most traction with and that I'm able to now build programs for organizations, institutions, universities, and I can uh, train people. And it's like, it's so rewarding and so fulfilling and I love it. Yeah. You know, you brought up a really, how old were you when you got that diagnosis, by the way? Seven. Seven. So you, you were kind of at a point where you're old enough to kind of know what's going on, right? And you probably have very vivid memories of it, but maybe not the emotional development to be able to handle it the way someone, you know, a little bit older. I mean, that's, that's a really interesting age. I could see if it was like three or four, you'd be like really young and you kind of went through it, but you don't remember it well, but at age seven, you probably have some pretty distinct memories. Oh yeah. I'll never forget the bone marrow biopsy. <laughs> I yeah. was mother's hand. That is that's a serious needle they use for that. And I, I remember, yeah, sitting on the floor and looking at MRIs and x-rays of my entire body. And it, I was so, I, I was small and all the walls were covered floor to ceiling with images of my body. And I thought it was so interesting. And it's funny, my mom was really worried. I don't think I was as worried as she was. And I remember comforting her and being like, mom, it's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, you brought up an interesting joke. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's just being bound to a wheelchair was no joke. And that was before they had wheelchair ramps. And so it was a huge inconvenience for my family and my life and everything. Well, I would imagine too, is going through such a challenge, you know, at an early age that it must've done something for you that made you very grounded moving forward in life. Right. I mean that I, I tell people all the time or my, my theory on life is that, you know, if you don't, if you don't know what that thing is in your life, that thing that really challenged you and kind of rattled your cage, it's coming because no one gets out of this without having it. And you had your cage rattled super early, which, you know, I guess when you look back now, you know, we can always look at things with the lens of like, that was a blessing. And in what way, when you look back, was that a blessing for you? Let's set the stage, Eric, for what I'm doing with my life today. And I don't know that my passion would be placed where it is without having had that experience. 
and other experiences, losing my mother, what I felt was prematurely and finding these secrets. I look at them as secrets because when I go out in the big wide world, a lot of people don't know what it takes to feel free and to reclaim their birthright of health and happiness and freedom. And that's why I call it a secret. And it, it's not complicated and it's completely in alignment with the nature's law, which we've gotten so far away from in our modern society. And food, you know, proper understanding of nutrition, what we need to fuel our bodies with and our minds and our souls, because it's all connected. And what we do with our body, how we move our body, how frequently, with what level of commitment, presence, and, and, and how, we're, how we're seeing life. So it's a secret and it informed me and shaped me, as all of our experiences do, uh, into wanting to make a bigger difference for as many people as I possibly can in this lifetime. Because the healthcare system is broken and we need ways to take, res- take responsibility and be reliant on ourselves. Yeah. Awesome. So, so dive into it. What is it that you do now? Explain to us, you know, what, I guess let's start with this because you, you brought it up earlier. It's always a fascinating question. You know, me coming from the fitness industry for so long, you know, what is fitness when we talk about it? I've been in rooms of fitness coaches where I swear someone was going to throw a chair across the room because we couldn't <laughs> agree what fitness meant, right? <laughs> you know, there's so many, everyone has a different definition of it. So what is what is fitness and then how I would imagine that search for that definition kind of led to where you are now. Absolutely. And I, gosh, my, my relationship with my body and all of our relationships with our bodies, male and female, old and young, we all have a very unique relationship with how we relate to and associate with and embody our ourselves. And it's, it's complicated and multifaceted. I would say that for me, you know, I started out with running, you know, and then I went to gyms, you know, doing with a personal trainer, you know, three day, you know, upper body, one day, lower body, the next day, abs. Right. right. I attended my first yoga class at my gym in New York City in the 90s. And I was so competitive. I was like, I cannot do half of these poses. I just couldn't believe it. I was really, so I got into yoga from a stance of competition with myself. Like, this is ridiculous. I should be able to do this. And I just found it was the only thing I could take with me. I mean, I could, I could arrive on location in Rome and go for a run, but I couldn't really do the other stuff that I needed to do because, you know, at that time there weren't gyms like there, there are today. So yoga was the thing that I was able to take with me everywhere I went. And it was the thing that ended up being there for me every time I, you know, you know, after I had a baby during pregnancy, when I was sad, I was happy. And I, I got, I got really, really into yoga starting in the nineties and I haven't stopped. And so I think that your body craves it after a while. So what, what is fitness? I mean, we can talk about it in a polarized fashion. That's, you know, very superficial and like, yes, we have to have our, you know, anaerobic and aerobic. We have to have our resistance training. Sure. Like that is fitness. No one can argue that. And then you have a certain, you know, your heart gets conditioned based on your sleep and your nutrition and your age. You know, you can measure, you know, how fit you are. There are all these indicators. But what I realized was that it's possible to get a result inside of a workout that feels like a psychiatry session, a workout, and an orgasm all in one. 
And it, it was through yoga, right, that I was able to, to access this deep, you know, deep embodiment practice that's extremely nuanced. You know, it's, I come from the Iyengar tradition. So, you know, we talk for, you know, six hours about your big toe and which way it rotates. <laughs> I mean, it, we totally geek out on it. And, and then I, I got to be too dogmatic, too constricted. And, and it was like an escape of life. You know, I used to spend upwards of four hours a day in my yoga practice. And then I got really into hiking and biking and, and rock climbing, which I'm not very good at, but I think is really fun and surfing and all that's really great adventuring out and date. And that fills me and feeds me and all of us in different ways. But then I got really into dance and that's when things started to click around neocortex inhibition around irregular chaotic movement and that's when something opened up and I started even doing some psychotherapy and he was doing EMDR and I was going faster in my personal development through my embodiment practices than I was in any other realm with just regular exercise, with my psychotherapy sessions, with my diet. It, it was mind blowing. <laughs> such, a, such a perfect way to describe it. <laughs> because it's like you go to the mind through the mind, you go crazy. You go to the mind through the body, you stay sane and you have to realign not only your body, but your emotions. Awesome. I mean, there's a lot to it. So you just outlined a very, I guess, comprehensive, holistic view of fitness. I mean, I, I think, you know, when you, most people think about it as like you said earlier, right. Is fitness is like, well, what's your BMI? And, you know, how much do you, that's it. That's kind of the extent of most of it is. But as you, I find as I put more years and circles uh, around the sun on this planet is like, you know, fitness to me becomes very personal and my ability to do things and not be essentially a prisoner in my own body, you know, having the, the function that I want to, to do the things that I, I crave to do. So you, you definitely kind of, you know, finding your path into what that means to you. And now you're sharing with everybody. So how do you, how do you implement it? If I'm, if I'm coming to you, I'm interested in, in, you know, learning your methodology for lack of a better term. What is, what does that look like? Well, it's a seven stage process and I'm just on the brink of putting it all together and starting to, to offer classes. But I think for anyone out there listening, it would be that you take your exercise, whatever it is, maybe you play tennis or you like to go for a walk, a walk that you do whatever it is you do. And, and if you're not doing anything, start to do something. I mean, that's got to be non-negotiable as an entrepreneur, as a human, because we know now about microcirculation, we understand capillary density and the essential nature of that density as we age. So sedentary lifestyles are going to kill you. It's just a matter of time. So if you're not in a practice, and I say practice, because I always say your daily practice is your strongest medicine. So if you're not in some kind of practice, meaning uh, exercise routine, and it doesn't have to be elaborate, you know, it can just be a walk, you know, you can maybe park a little further away at the grocery store, but start somewhere, all of you, please, I implore you. And my goal is always to get to freedom. And so whenever you're starting to engage, because we wake up all of us every day, Eric, and we are there are things on our mind and I think you'd be lying if someone said they didn't, and maybe they're just masterful and I can, you know, then get interested in what they're up to. If you don't wake up and you don't feel some anxiety or some fear or some concern or something that needs resolving, 
that needs addressing, that needs attention. And I would bring it into your movement. And I think the word emotion is just that, emotion. I think emotions are meant to be in motion, moving out, moving around. They're not meant to be stuck. They're not meant to stagnate. They're not meant to pollute. They're not meant to coagulate into stories and then get projected and smeared all over the people in your life and then impact your business adversely and your kids and your relationships. Like we need to take radical self-responsibility and we need to take our stuff, whatever's showing up for us any given day and, and move it. And I assert that if you can bring that into your your daily movement practice, that you will move further faster in your personal development, in your businesses, in your families, in your relationships, in your parenting, as a neighbor, whatever it is you're up to in life. And it, it really just means getting in your body and, be, and starting to become more comfortable there and then accessing intentionally what it is that's come up for you. Maybe you're in a blame game, you know, maybe you're upset about, you know, eating ice cream last night before you went to bed or whatever it is, you know, it could be, you know, you're going through bankruptcy, whatever it is, bring it in and move it. Because, you know, if we know anything about health, whether it's nutrition or exercise, that stagnation is, is causing disease. And we see it in nature, right? When there's a puddle of water that's not moving, you see mosquitoes breeding there and it smells and it's murky. We don't want that. We don't want that in our colons. We don't want that in our lungs. We don't want that in our brains, right? We need that circulation. And in the physical body, physiologically, we need that. But also I believe in the emotional body, which is much less tangible and more difficult to see. Yeah, I I mean, I 100% agree. It's, uh, you know, we're coming off as a country here in the United States. Today is November 10th. 2020. So we're just coming off a very contentious election period. And a lot of people are very stressed. And, you know, a lot of people in the media who I respect were like, go move, (laughs) you know, listen, people go move, get out from your TV, you know, this, this constant, you know, 24 seven news cycle and go move because the stress and the anxiety that the country was under and this something I've never experienced in my lifetime, right. Of just a general malaise, just everybody was anxious you know, and I, I tend not to let the external factors get into me a whole lot, but I was points last week when I was like, you know, why am I anxious right now? Oh, because the whole world is, and I'm just feeding off some kind of energy. Right. Right. Um, So it's, it's really important for people to understand the connection between the the physical and the emotional. And really at, at my age now at 44, I look at exercise as almost like I have to do it. I have to do it. Not necessarily because I want to stay fit and do all the things that I love from a physical realm, but because I'm just a better person. Like for myself and everyone else around me, if I'm, if I'm moving and I'm doing something that's, that's very intentional. So I'm right there with you. And so walk So keep walking me through this. What is, what does the process look like? Uh, The process looks as simple as setting the intention, you know, getting present. Cause I think also oftentimes we get really busy in our lives and we're uh, putting off our emotions. We're putting off our upset because, because it just doesn't fit in. We don't really want to deal with it. It's uncomfortable. It's, but it's actually really productive if you can take some, some distance from it. So I think that's the first thing is being intentional. Like, Hey, what's up for me today? Am I willing to look at it? Am I willing to accept it and acknowledge it? And that, you know, how you accept it and acknowledge it, you know, of course, is, a, is another topic all in and of itself. But if you could just maybe write, maybe write it down, maybe say, I'm feeling uh, anxious or I'm feeling scared or I'm feeling whatever it is and just let it be without attaching any kind of drama around it. 
And then when you're you know, taking your walk or you're lifting your weights or you're doing your um, yoga practice or you're dancing or whatever it is in your practice that day, you know, you bring it in and say, okay, I'm going to summon up this, this emotion. I'm going to summon it up and then I'm going to breathe it out or I'm going to sound it out. I'm going to move it out. And I would encourage people to try to abandon the concern of looking strange while doing it. Because some things can come up while you're doing it, you know, and neocortex inhibition, you know, that whole idea of like just free form movement, not, you know, not, not any kind of set way of moving per se, like allowing something to move through you. And what I do is I close my eyes and I actually see it in my body or I say, oh, I feel some tension in my rib cage or I feel something in my throat that I can't swallow. And so I think that that's extremely valuable to to identify even in that way, like, okay, I've got some pain in my back even, you know, and then you can breathe into that and then work to move it. It doesn't mean there has to be a result, but oftentimes I would say 98% of the time, if I'm really committed uh, and I'm honest with myself, this, this, this cycle, bringing it up, breathing it out, bringing it up, breathing it out, being accepting of it, acknowledging, accepting, letting go. It helps me to, to move it out. And it helps my you know, clients and friends and students do the same. And I know it's edgy and I know it's unconventional, but I also know that it's valuable. Again, if I go to my mind through the mind, you go crazy. If you go to the mind through the body, you stay sane. I believe it's all stored in the fascia. It's all stored in the cellular memory, in the water cells. I believe that we're meant to move. It's just, it's just how we were, how we were created. And and I'm confident that if people bring more presence and mindfulness to it, it doesn't have to look like a meditation of sitting still. It could be blasting, you know, intense techno music and running up a hill, you know, while you scream at the top of your lungs. Like it doesn't have to look a certain way. So what I'm picking up on then is in contrast to most people who, you know, if, if people are actually doing some sort of movement practice, right? Uh, maybe they're doing it within a structure that just has been handed to them. You know, well, I'm going to do, like you said, like I'm going to do my upper body and then I'm going to do 20 minutes on the treadmill. There's no intention to that, right? It's just kind of a thing. It's more of a checklist on your day. So how I'm picking up that you want more intention. You want more freestyle to it, right? Am I, yeah. is that, is that accurate? Yeah, because like, let's just call that lady or man that you're talking about. Let's just call it Jane. Jane is like, this is her thing. She wakes up in the morning and first thing she does hop on the treadmill and then she does 20 minutes of resistance training. She's checked that off her list, right? She feels good about herself because she's done that. And I am that, I am Jane, if, you know, John, if you guys, you know, for a man. And so then she wonders why she's feeling a lack of fulfillment in her relationship, in her career. She's wondering why she's reaching for, you know, her cocktail at five o'clock when actually she'd rather have a green juice. Or she's wondering why she's, you know, needing something salty and crunchy at, you know, 8 p.m. when she knows that actually she needs to lose 10 pounds and it's just not really serving her highest good, but she wants it and she's unwilling to compromise. She's got to have it. And the reason why I bring this up is because, I work in the field of behavioral change, right? I write behavioral change methodologies for institutions and universities and organizations. I build online programs for different lifestyle medicine protocols. I work with thousands of people who are changing their diets, changing their lifestyle practices, all you know, for a better outcome with their health and their lives and themselves. 
towards that aim of, you know, reclaiming your birthright to freedom and health and joy. And my premise is that if Jane were to take a little more mindfulness into her workout with her in the morning, she might find that those other behaviors have completely dissolved. They don't exist anymore. They're not causing her the agony and pain and suffering that they were. And that she's experiencing more and more freedom because she's resolving the very thing that's stagnating herself and that's getting, you know, smeared on other people in her life at work, at home, and then her own inner self-talk. And so there's this, 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 this feeling in your skin, the, the, the comfort, like I, this is my home. This body is my home and really being able to excavate and clean out that home in a way that's very deep is worthwhile. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, I think there's a lot of, you hear this term all along, like hacks, right? And first of all, how, how do, when you hear that term, what, what emotions bubble up for you and, and how is what you're doing not a hack? Ah, I love that word. I get excited and thrilled when I hear that word because there are so many hacks in my life. You know, just as just today I was writing about garlic and like, you know, different ways to make having fresh garlic in your life more accessible. It's a hack. So I think life hacks are, I'm all about it. And it's exciting way to focus on one thing when there are so many thousands of things. (laughs) Yes. I would definitely consider this a hack, but it's not quick and easy in that way that you have to be consistent, mindful, present. It requires more of you than what I would necessarily consider like your average hack. A hack for people like me and you and hopefully our listeners, you know, this might be something that could also be considered a hack, but it's not something to be taken casually. You know, if you do things in a half-assed way, you know, you're going to get half-assed results. So this, as with any hack, quote unquote, you know, you got to really take it on. And I think the first step uh, to go back to your question for just a moment was, you know, we to really just tap in and tune in. Like, where am I today? I don't know about you, Eric, but sometimes I ask myself that question and it's already 2 p.m. And I'm like, I haven't even checked in with myself. Like, what's that about? You know, how am I? Well, actually, I'm a little upset that I didn't have the best conversation with my romantic partner last night. And that's still actually polluting my space. <laughs> and that's not okay. And so I think, it, you know, in our busy lives, we have to check in with ourselves or we can't we can't become successful entrepreneurs. We can't become great parents or partners. Yeah, that's awesome. And one of the things that we were talking about, I'm really curious to learn more about is you, you've, you've developed a, you know, kind of an easy entry point with this, uh, a seven day free lifestyle plan, right? Uh, Some sort of lifestyle plan. Tell, tell me what is, what is that? What what does that look like? What, what, What can people expect if they enroll in that? Yeah. Well, I wanted to offer the listeners today a free seven-day lifestyle plan. It's a downloadable uh, PDF that's beautifully designed, and it's just guiding you through what seven days could look like for taking you where you are today and perhaps unveiling another layer that's available to you that you, you may not be able to see in this moment. So just take a little bit of, you know, preparation, right? Because I'm asking you to make your own food. I also offer links if you don't, you know, really have the time or desire to do that, to get food that's clean, you know, non-GMO organic. It is a plant-based program and it's going to, you know, require you or request of you to either reduce or eliminate certain stimulants in your life, like sugar, flour, nicotine, 
recreational drugs, caffeine even. So it's a great way to kind of cleanse a little bit, reboot your system. And so it's seven days where you can, which is a big commitment. Maybe you just do three of the days. Maybe you just try one day, you know, it's all good. But I feel like as soon as we can clarify our vehicle, then we can have freedom to think more clearly because we're not, our brain isn't reaching for coffee and sugar all the time. I know most people that, that I know are really just living on cafe lattes until three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> right. And I assert that that's going to have an impact you know, with your adrenals at some point. That's, that's my experience at least. And then there's this weight gain that can't be manageable and you've got these dark circles under your eyes. You don't understand why your energy is, is wacky you can't sleep at night. So this is a way for anybody, you know, whichever category you fall in to try some new recipes. I was on MasterChef way back when as a final cast member. I'm so excited about food. I'm building actually a culinary program for a health institute right now. And so healthy food can taste great. So the recipes are awesome. Maybe some new ideas, maybe some you know familiar ideas in there as well. And then practices, journaling, you know, exercise movement practices are, are mentioned in there as well. It's not 100% movement focused. That's going to be up and coming. And so I'm excited uh, about the opportunity for people who are listening who decide to take this option, you know, to read it through, to prepare for it, you know, because you might develop some detox symptoms, uh, which could be like headaches and kind of just fatigue, which means it's working. So you probably want to set yourself up on a Saturday or Sunday or when you've got some free time just to kind of go to bed early and um, not need to be super on it after 4 p.m., especially on day one and day two. Yeah, interesting. You know, the the plant-based thing, I since, I guess, COVID started, which, God, we're in... So eight months ago, have we been doing this for eight months now? Yeah, I guess we have. Yeah. My wife went primarily 99% plant-based with her diet and her nutrition. And, you know, I, therefore, of course, you know, I cut down severely on the amount of proteins that I, animal proteins that I ate. And, you know, me coming from the fitness industry, especially, you know, CrossFit, which is like protein, protein, protein. It's been really interesting for me that I don't feel any different. I lost a couple of pounds right away. A lot of, especially, and when you start to remove that stuff, like, and it doesn't, what I like about the plant-based thing is it's not in my mind, it's like, well, you just be, it's, it's based on plants. You just look at your plate and have mostly plants and vegetables. That's a huge transition for most people versus like I was always raised for some reason, one way or another. I don't know why, you know, you start with your protein, your animal protein, you build around it. Right. And just that simple change and shift has been really interesting for me. And I find that, you know, I think there's the plant-based movement is going to be really powerful. And that's someone who two two years ago never would have said that. So it's, it's interesting. And and it's opened up to a lot of really cool meals that I've never would have eaten before too. So that's really interesting, you know? (laughs) Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think that you can be really unhealthy as a plant-based eater as well. Mm -hmm. So if we are, yeah. yeah, So I think it's really important that people get informed Uh, and this seven day lifestyle plan would be a great opportunity to, to understand what a balanced day looks like or any of the programs that I've built with other organizations, because you can actually have some massive deficiencies if you're just going for the potato diet or the, you know, I don't know, pizza diet. Like you you really need a variety of fruits and vegetables, plant-based foods in your life. And you can also feel really hungry on a plant-based diet. So Eric, I'm curious, what else you experienced that outside of the weight loss, did you experience any deeper sleep or more vitality, sexuality, um, 
just curious if there was, there was anything else that you noticed outside the weight loss. You know, the big thing was removing, I think for me, was taking out dairy. You know, I have mm-hmm. asthma and allergies and all kinds of issues. And that kind of went away. I even really rarely snore anymore. So everybody's happy. That. <laughs> so that was, that was really big. I do find that I can eat more and maintain a healthy body weight. I mean, just the sheer volume, right? What feels like volume of food, which I love to eat. So that's no problem here. So that those have been the big things. I do think my sleep has gotten better. I haven't really taken any. I should probably journal a little bit. But yeah, and just, you know, just a general sense of feeling lighter is a big one too. I just feel lighter, you know, yeah. um, not necessarily by the my, you know, scale weight, but I just feel lighter. My digestive system is is moving well. So yeah, that's, yeah, the, so that's the big one. That. Yeah. Because when I, you were speaking, I was thinking uh, about the audience listening and what you just, what you just spoke about regarding your digestion moving well is a critical piece. The more research they're doing on probiotics, the more they're finding that probiotics taken orally that have to pass through the gastric fluids to get to your large intestine and small intestine are not as effective as they had hoped. But what they are finding is that the that not all fiber is created equally and that we need a variety of plant-based fibers for those good guys, those good bacteria to grow on. And to my surprise, we need fiber from sweet potatoes and squash and apples and, and broccoli and all kinds of different plant-based foods that are you know, insoluble and soluble fibers. And that's what makes the good guys grow in our microbiome, which is so exciting to learn. And it's really that simple, you know, a variety of plant-based foods. It is. And my wife listens to a particular podcast by a doctor who is, no, it's, it's, a, it's a female, it's a woman. She, I can't remember what it is. I think it's like the, the plant-based something. She's also an endurance athlete, but she's, she's specifically in the world, the cardiovascular field. And, you know, she talks about you, the goal is to get X amount of, you know, variety of fruits and vegetables every week. And you don't have to eat the same thing every day. You just want a lot of variety. And for specifically for that reason, which is, you know, the variety in the gut is what creates a healthy biome. And it does, I have to say it's, it's, you know, cause I used to take a ton of supplements, a ton. Most of it was given to me for free, which was thank you for everybody who did. But, you know, it was just something that I found I, I just don't need anymore. I don't take a lot of them. And I take, you know, D and zinc and, you know, all the stuff for that we're supposed to be taking for COVID just to kind of boost all that. But, you know, I think if people can really focus on their gut health, that's a huge factor in just about everything in your life. It spills. I know, right. Mental health, everything. And our emotions affect our gut health too. And that's why experiencing joy through movement, experiencing pain and letting it go through movement, you know, can, can be so hugely valuable. And our biome is, is essential to, to pay attention to. And if it's not a heavy meat based diet, in a high fat diet, like a ketogenic or traditional paleo, some paleo versions can really make the gut lethargic, stagnate and sticky. And then you have permeability issues, then it backs up into the liver function, which then backs up into the hormones. And so you start to have suboptimal performance in so many important critical systems in the body, like the liver, large intestine. And, and we don't want that. So eating more, eating more plants is definitely helpful. And, you know, hopefully you can find great fun ways to make that exciting. Like today I made garlic greens and I made these shiitake mushrooms with seaweed and ginger. And I mean, that's just my, that's my art. 
And I just derive so much joy from experimenting with foods. And on my blog, there's also more recipes and I'm just really into it. It's just my thing. <laughs> what's, what's one of your top three favorite plant-based recipes on your blog that people can go to and look, including myself? Uh, Lately, I'm really into, it's so funny. Everybody asks me the same question. It, it totally yeah, yeah. blows my mind. I say, what do you <laughs> eat for breakfast? And I'm like, what do I eat for yeah. breakfast? Like, <laughs> that's just such a funny question to ask. Out of all the things they could ask, you know? Oh, I love it. Uh, so there's a breakfast idea that I'm really crazy about this time of year. And it's a squash potage. And it's not the most aesthetically pleasing, but it's it's a beautiful braised squash with uh, whole spices. And I just find it to be so satisfying and warming this time of year and and just so so beneficial. I mean, the beta carotene and the vitamin A found in, in squash. And you could use butternut. You know, I like to use uh, red curry or Hubbard or a squash. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, or even yeah, delicata. That's in my fridge right now. Yeah. So that's one of my, one of my favorites these days that I'm, I'm loving. Let me see. And I just made, uh, I'm from Maryland. I grew up in Virginia outside of Washington, DC, but I'm, I'm at, you know, my mother was really a big Maryland lover and she, there's a big, there's a spice called old Bay seasoning. And this weekend I'm going to post soon this weekend, I made uh, chickpea flour pancakes with old Bay seasoning. And it was a, you know, in, in memory of her and, and my Maryland heritage. That was fun. <laughs> so that's a that's a good one. I mean, there are so many actually on there. I'm just inspired. I'm really into chaga tea these days. If you're an avid coffee drinker, I I love replacing it with some freshly brewed chaga. Or you can get the Four Sigmatic powdered packets. I think that's a great option if you want to transition off coffee, but you still want that ceremony of the warm beverage. And when I say ceremony, I feel like you know cutting the coffee addiction is not as simple as just not leaving it off the table. That's not an option. You have and tea just doesn't cut it. I'm just going to be honest; it just doesn't. I mean, people might pretend that it does, but the coffee drinkers I know they they want that satisfaction, they want that kick, they want that focus, they want that energy. And chaga does it. There's something about it. It also suppresses the appetite. I usually put a little bit of nut milk in it, and I there's a recipe on my site. That talks about that too. I'm a really big fan of chaga. The research is compelling around its cancer fighting properties, energy producing properties, DNA methylation optimization. I mean, it is really great to put into your life. Awesome. Awesome. Well, give us all that, Jennifer Lee, and tell us like where, where do they find these recipes? Where do people get the seven day free lifestyle plan? Wait, give us the goods. What do you got? So go to jennifer-helene.com. And you'll be prompted to enter your email address so I can send you the downloadable PDF. And, you know, feel free to reach out to me on the contact page there. I'm happy to schedule a session with anyone or just get on the phone to, to talk more about all these things that I'm so deeply passionate about and inspired by. And it's jennifer-helene.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this. It's, it's, you know, I feel that you know, you and I have been in the fitness and health industry for quite some time. So a lot of these things may seem to us kind of normal, but I know a lot of people who, you know, this, what we just talked about for the last, you know, 40 minutes is very new and can be a lot to take in and big transitions for people that maybe you and I, like I said, have been in this world for a long time. So I urge people to go check out our website, take steps, you know, incrementally to get to where you want to be. You don't have to go all of it at once right? As, as she was saying earlier. So yeah, great stuff. Really appreciate you coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure and I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Thank you. Be well, everyone. 
Hey everybody, this is your host, Eric Malzone. Don't leave yet. I have a few more requests for you. So if you got value out of this podcast, I ask you to do a few things. Number one, go to wherever you're listening, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and go ahead and subscribe to the show. Number two, while you're there, if you feel that we earned it, please leave us a nice review. Number three, share it. Whether it be social media, email, texting, whatever it may be, I'm sure you know somebody who would get value out of this episode just like you did. So please go ahead and share it. And that's how we get the word out. So it's really valuable and super appreciative. It only takes a minute of your time. Next, if you know of somebody, including yourself, who would be a great guest for the show, please head on over to level5mentors.com, L-E-V-E-L, the number five, mentors.com. Get in touch with me. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, Make an introduction, whatever it may be. You can also get me directly in my email, which is eric, E-R-I-C, at level5mentors.com. Lastly, if you just want to chat, you want to find out more, if you want to expand on some ideas, I love hearing from the audience. So go ahead and hit me up on social media. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. You also have my email already. So I love to hear from you. I'm always looking for ways to improve the show and I'm always looking to have great conversations. So don't hesitate to reach out. And once again, thank you for listening to the Black Diamond Podcast and you can expect a lot more from us.